It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. One day away from opening day. Those words are beautiful. It is Wednesday, April 6th. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. That's Colby Olson. I'm Peter Apple. And today we are ranking our top 10 teams for this upcoming season, the old classic power rankings. And then we're going into the World Series. We're going to give you our best bet, our value pick, and a team to stay away from. Colby, how excited are you for opening day? Because I almost can't bear it. <laughs> I I still can't taste it. I I can smell it from the kitchen. Yes. It's wafting through the air and I'm like, "Oh, that's what that smells like." And Today? then tomorrow we're going to be able to just take a big old first bite of that delicious meal. Wednesday is the bacon smell coming from the kitchen. You hear the snap, crackle and pop. You know it's being made, but you haven't been able to really bite down on it yet. And then tomorrow, opening day, don't leave the Not Gambling Advice show. We're going to have all of our opening day picks. We're going to do a podcast that will be available in the morning. And then, of course, you can find our daily picks, daily props on JustBaseball.com. And with the help of our new sponsor, Chalkboard, we will be putting a lot of our prop stuff, a lot of deep inside baseball knowledge on chalkboard so you'll be able to find that link in the episode description so colby let's just start it off right now with our 10th best team we'll do the power rankings then we'll go into our world series best bets so the 10th ranked team according to not gambling advice is the san francisco giants and you might go wow that's crazy because this team won the most games in all baseball last year they won 107 games but let's not pretend like they were the best team in baseball last year. And they're definitely not the best team in baseball this year. But I think coming in at 10 is a good spot for this team who, you know, they lost Buster Posey. They're going to lose Evan Longoria for, you know, a good amount of this season. And it's fair to assume that they're going to see some regression in a lot of different ways, right? Brandon Belt was on a tear of all tears last year. He hit close to 30 bombs and like 350 plate appearances. Where I do see this team just completely performing well is in their pitching staff, right? I think they're somewhat of a brewer's light where they're just five deep with Logan Webb is going to have an ERA below three. Carlos Rodon, I don't know if he can stay healthy for the full season, but I don't think it's going to matter when he is on the mound. He's another guy that's going to be an ERA close to three. 
And then behind that, Anthony Descalfani, you have Alex Wood, you know, Alex Cobb, both those, all three of those guys are going to have ERAs in the threes. So the lineup might have a little bit of trouble getting it done, but they're going to keep every game close. This team's going to be an 85 to 90 win team. I agree. I have them pegged at 88 wins going forward for next year. I'm higher on the Giants than a lot of people are at just baseball. And I've learned, I've learned through gambling. I've learned through watching the Giants that you just can never keep them out. They have a great manager in Gabe Kapler. They have a great pitching rotation. Like you said, they have one of the best bullpens in the sport and they have a lineup that is not crazy top heavy. There's not a lot of stars that you know, shine, right? You don't have the Buster Posey of old. Now you have Joey Bart as the rookie catcher. But from 1 to 12, they can platoon. They can make it so they have the best matchups on a day-to-day basis because you look at their bench of Kirk Casale, Mauricio Dubon, Austin Slater. They just have guys that then you can piece in as well as the addition of Jock Peterson, which I really do like. Overall, I think the Giants are going to be a formidable favorite in the AL West. I think they have a shot to at least compete with the Dodgers, but the Dodgers will eventually blow them out. And that's why they're at number 10 on our list. So number nine on our list is the New York Yankees. You say that the Yankees didn't have a great offseason, and I say that they are a better team than they were last year, and I thought they did have a good offseason. It wasn't the normal. They signed the big fish in the free agency market, but it was a good offseason. May I remind you, Yankee fans, Last year, Jay Bruce was the starting first baseman. Gio Urshela was the starting third baseman. In the outfield, you had the combination of Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Mike Talkman, Brett Gardner, and Aaron Judge. Now you have Joey Gallo in the outfield. A healthy Stanton, Anthony Rizzo at first base, Josh Donaldson at third base. You tell me the catching situation, I'll tell you I'd rather have Kyle Higashioka and Jose Trevino than combinations of Gary Sanchez. Isaiah Conner-Falefa will give them a better shortstop than Glaber did last year, giving Glaber more time to adjust to second base, the better position for him. The rotation is pretty loaded at the top with Garrett Cole and Luis Severino if he stays healthy. Then you have guys like Nestor Cortez, Jamison Tyon, and the always reliable Jordan Montgomery filled in with one of the best bullpens in the sport. This team could be way better than number nine. And I think their floor is still a top 10 team. I think this team is better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I think the Yankees are better than the number nine ranked team, but I think it's hard to rank them above that right now. And just till they answer some of the questions that a lot of people yes. have, right, Peter? And you're, you're a Yankees fan. You understand it better than most, right? Kyle Higashioka is should not be a starting catcher right now in baseball. He has not proven that he can get it done at the plate for a full year, but they do have the depth. Also, you mentioned Jay Bruce, and I just wanted to bring that up real quick because last year he hit 118 and 39 plate appearances. That was laughable. But this lineup will bang, man. I mean, they, Joey Gallo is not going to hit 175 this year. I can guarantee you that. Um, health is going to be what, you know, what this team lives and, and dies by like they always do, right? They're pitching staff. Luis Severino is the three, four guy. Jordan Montgomery, can he be a number two? I think he has the, you know, a good floor of being a number three. But, you know, can this team get solid production? Because I think they're going to have to get solid production from seven different starters this year, which I think they can do. Agreed. And they have the depth as well because they have guys like Luis Heal and Debbie Garcia, two of their top pitching prospects. Another guy, Clark Schmidt. They have Mike King, Domingo Herman coming back from injury as well. That's going to be a couple of months. They won't have him right away, but that's someone who will work his way maybe into the rotation, maybe in a bullpen type role. But I think overall, 
this team is better than they were last year. And this team won 92 games last year. Like a lot of people are sleeping on this Yankee team, which is weird and almost seems impossible for a Yankee team to be slept on. But I mean, I even gave you, we, we talked about these power rankings before and I had the Yankees at nine originally because they just have to earn it. They lost in the wild card game last year. This is not a team that I think, you know, has owned a top five spot after this offseason. They have to prove they can be top five, but I do believe that they could be top five. And I think that they just kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths last season because this team last season was a team that was expected to win 100-plus games last season. They didn't. I think the strength of this team is actually in their bullpen. So Chapman's going to have a bounce back. Loisica, Green, Chad Holm, Clay Holmes. Um, Miguel Castro is actually a really good pickup. A lot of metrics love his pitch movements. Um, I think he's going to be a valuable piece. Even Juan Peralta was solid last year. So I like this bullpen. I think they're a very solid team. That gets us into number eight, another hyped up team this year, the New York Mets over there at City Field. Now, you might this might be another one where you're like, this team has all the hype in the world. How are they not top five? This team just, for me, has way too many pitching concerns right now. Jacob deGrom has a scap issue in his back, which he's dealt with you know, for the past two seasons. And I would be shocked if he pitches more than 60 to 80 innings at this point you know, and then beyond that, Scherzer's dealing with some stuff. He's not a spring chicken anymore. So it's fair to question, are the injuries finally getting to Max Scherzer as he ages, which I'm not going to say hundred percent for sure yet, but I don't think you're going to get 200 innings out of him this year. Then beyond that, you have Taiwan Walker. I like a bounce back from cookie Carrasco, but the pitching depth of this Mets team is what is keeping them from being a top five team and a real shot at being a world series contender. Cause I love a bounce back for the Mets offense. And talk about this Mets offense. I just want to go through the lineup name by name. So you can understand and really appreciate how loaded this lineup is leading off Brandon Nimmo on base machine could be a guy who hits close to 300 and he's a good defender in center field. Just a good, really good all around player. Starling Marte, phenomenal all-around player when he's right led the league in stolen bases last year really good number two guy in the order he might even hit one those guys could be interchangeable Francisco Lindor when he's right he's one of the top five shortstops in the league bar none Pete Alonso could hit 50 home runs this year you're going to laugh about Robinson Cano I don't know if he's going to hit fifth but right now he's slotted on Fangraphs' roster resource as the DH had a great 2020. He really did. Go look at the numbers. 2020 Robinson Cano was excellent. He can at least provide some pop in the lineup. Then you have Eduardo Escobar, who guy who almost hit 30 home runs last year for the Brewers. You have Jeff McNeil, a perennial 300 hitter before a down year last year. Mark Canna, on-base machine. And then James McCann rounding out the order that's loaded. You also have Thomas Nito. You have J.D. Davis, who isn't the defender, but can play a great bang up DH. He might be the DH option or Dominic Smith, who can also hit a reverse splits guy, weirdly better against lefties. So I'm interested to see how that platoon works. JD Davis, of course, is better against lefties. So is Dom Smith. Could there be a deal there? I also, the bullpen is not too shabby. Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, Adam Adovino, Seth Lugo, those are four solid guys. And the guy that they got back from Miguel Castro is Joely Rodriguez, who's not great, but he's a good fifth option in a bullpen. They're not going to rely on him for huge innings. He's going to be a lefty guy. He's going to be a guy who comes in maybe in the fifth inning. And a guy that you forgot to mention in the, in the starting pitching segment is Chris Bassett, who has been 
phenomenal now for years, like since 2017, his ERA is in the threes. So Max Scherzer is not going to be hurt for that long. Jacob deGrom will be back in six to eight weeks. Overall, this Mets team is going to be a formidable force in the NL in 2022. I think force. I just, I still just worry that this team by July, like the Mets always do, they're just going to, they're going to be starting Dom Smith in left field and they're going to be starting, you know, guys that, that they should not be starting by July. So that's, that's my only worry with the Mets. Tread lightly. It could be happening, but I think this is the best Mets roster they've had since 2015. And I think you could argue it's, it's just as, top end loaded as that team that went to the world series to face the Royals. So that'll bring us into our seventh ranked team. And that's the Milwaukee Brewers. When you think Milwaukee Brewers, you think pitching and for good reason, Corbin Burns at the top, the 2021 Cy Young, Brandon Woodruff, a top 10 pitcher, Freddie Peralta, a top 15 pitcher. Then you have Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser, and then an emerging rookie in Aaron Ashby, who you should have on your fantasy team. He's going to dice up people this year. Then in the bullpen, you have the greatest reliever in baseball right now in Josh Hader. You have arguably a top five reliever in Devin Williams at the back end too. Their pitching from top to bottom is some of the most elite that we have in our sport. And then the offense is pretty good. It's not great. It's not bad. Pretty good is the designation I would give. I like the addition of Hunter Renfro. Christian Yelich, we're expecting a bounce back from him. Keston Hura, I'm expecting a bounce back, not crazy levels, but to just be better than he was last year. Getting rid of Jackie Bradley Jr.'s bat certainly helps. Adding Andrew McCutcheon to that locker room certainly helps. There's a lot of things that they did on offense that I like, but then there's some stuff I don't like. I don't like that they lost Avisel Garcia. I don't like that they lost Eduardo Escobar. This team is going to be somewhat of a struggle to score runs, but their pitching is going to shut you down and they still should be over 90 games in 2022. Yeah. I don't think this team is a team that can go on to win the world series, but I think they're going to be a really, really legit regular season contender. Um, if Yelich can get right back to where he was, you know, being a 125, 130 WRC plus guy, this team is tremendously better. You know, they finished in the bottom third in WRC plus last year. They had a 91 WRC plus, but you know, there are a lot of teams that hit below average. The Mariners had a 94 WRC plus, you know, if they can get to a 96 and 97 WRC plus, this team actually could be a top four team just with how good their pitching is. So I wouldn't, I would say their floor is so high because they're pitching. And if they can just have two to three guys that have breakout seasons that we weren't expecting, then I think this team really is, you know, a top five team in, in, in the league. Because they really don't have a bad hitter in their lineup, right? Like even down the line, their nine hitter is Jace Peterson, who's, you know, he's not going to wow anybody, but he's not a bad nine hitter. And then like they're six, seven, eight, Rowdy Telez, Hunter Renfro, Omar Nervias. That's not too bad. It's just not top heavy because the only bat I'm afraid of in this lineup is Christian Yelich, if he's right, and Willie Adamas, who was a great addition from them for the Rays. Now he's going to be a full year of starting shortstop for the Brew Crew. Colton Wong is still a great defender, but just the bat is fine. The bat's fine. There's a lot of fine hitters like Lorenzo Cain, McCutcheon, Rowdy Telez, a bunch of fine hitters, but they'll they'll be able to cheat their way to a couple two-to-one wins because their pitching is just so incredibly elite. And I think to your World Series point, because we're going to talk about it later, I think they have a shot if all of their pitchers stay healthy and Yelich has a bounce-back season. Then I think they could be a perennial World Series favorite. 
I just at this stage of of seeing sample sizes over the next over the last five years, it takes home run power to win the World Series in the playoffs. Like you need to be able to dominate an offense to take over a series. It used to be, it really did used to be, yeah, we're gonna go out there and shut them out, you know, for nine innings to win the to win a World Series. But in the playoffs these days, you you need to be down four runs and have the ability to come back into games. And that's why I mean that's really why the Red Sox snuck in on everybody last year because they got hot in the playoffs and they were able to, you know, overcome giving up five, six, seven runs and beat a team nine, seven in the playoffs. I mean, that's what we're seeing these days. And that's how you win a series. And that's how you win a world series. Like the Atlanta Braves, not only did you have that type of pitching that could shut down an offense, but then you had the offense to back it up that they could, if they were down for, they could battle back. Looking at this Brewers lineup compared to that Braves lineup, it's night and day. The Braves was just simply better. And we're going to talk about the Braves very high up on our power rankings. So now it gives us to number six. I think we're kind of entering a new tier here, in my opinion. It's the Chicago White Sox here at number six. This team finished fourth in WRC plus on offense last year. They finished fifth in team ERA. And I think this lineup only got better, right? They just acquired AJ Pollock from, from the Dodgers, which I think is a great deal. Pollock, you know, is not going to play every single day. But when he does play, he's going to be a guy that has a 125, a 130 WRC plus at this stage in his career. He's a super advanced hitter. They're getting Luis Robert back for a full year. He has MVP caliber potential. And then even Eloy Jimenez. I mean, Eloy Jimenez only had 250 plate appearances last year. He's going to get a full year. He's a 40, 45, you know, home run power dude. I think this lineup could potentially be second best in the league behind the Dodgers. And, you know, if this bullpen can can handle things Liam Hendricks Aaron Bummer Kendall Graveman is a very 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 good top three behind that you know Jose Ruiz Reynaldo Lopez Joe Kelly who I like but like those are kind of shaky um so losing Kimbrell does hurt them a little but Kimbrell can't pitch outside the ninth inning anyway so I really like the Chicago White Sox as another regular season team I'm just not sure that this bullpen will be able to to hang together a full season of, of you know being really really good and it may seem a bit jarring to see the white Sox at six because you look at a bunch of power rankings and you'd see them in the top three maybe even the top four we just dropped them a little bit lance lynn is out a couple of months to start the season 60 percent of their starts this year will be michael kopech who is a not a rookie you've seen him plenty of times in the bullpen for the white Sox, especially last year but doesn't have a ton of starting experience. Can he be pushed out to five, six innings? Dallas Keuchel, who was one of the worst pitchers last year. And one of the few pitchers that was worse than him is Vince Velasquez, who's now slated to be the five in the rotation. They lost Garrett Crochet in the bullpen, who was their lefty flamethrower rookie out of Tennessee, who's just been blowing 102 since he could get out of a crib. And now he's gone. And also the bad thing about Garrett Crochet is that we saw in spring training, like the velocity was dipping. He was 96 to 97 instead of the normal high 90s into the 100. So without Lance Lynn to start the year, without a couple bullpen guys, Andrew Vaughn is also a little bit banged up. Their offense is going to destroy teams, but this is not the definitive top three, top four team that they were maybe even a week or two ago. If Lance Lynn is healthy, this team is really, really good. Um, really, I think really Michael good. Kopech, you love Shane Boz, right? And I love Shane Boz too. I think Michael Kopech is in that same space as Shane Boz, where they're both about to prove themselves this year as being top 35 pitchers. 
Michael Kopech has been around forever, so he might not be on your radar as, you know, being that top prospect, but trust me, he is. And he was filthy out of the bullpen last year. I think he had an ERA, you know, like two five or something. And his, and his expected stats were even better than that. I think he can put together an ERA in the low threes for, uh, as a starter. Um, but yeah, pitching is a question here. I compare instead of Shane Boz, because Shane Boz, I don't think will ever be a bullpen guy. I compare him closer to Tanner Houck. Just electric arms in the bullpen, not in terms of stuff, but just but, in terms Peter, of development. Of those, Tanner Houck isn't a bullpenner. I know, but he was a bullpen. He threw six innings yesterday and struck out seven. I'm saying he was a bullpen arm. That's what I'm saying. The development of two bullpen but guys I'm who saying, primarily well, and now moving. Before you move rotation. on, just let me clarify. I'm saying that that Boz, if they if the Rays had handled you know, Boz's development the same way that they handled Kopex, where they just kind of needed that bullpen arm last year. So they put him in the bullpen, even though he is a starter. You know, I think they are kind of similar as pitchers. Like their their pitch mix is the same high 90s stuff. Yeah, even similar long blonde hair. So let's talk about our fifth team on the power rankings. That's the Houston Astros, people. Houston Astros, they made it to the World Series last year and lost in six to the Atlanta Braves. And they took a few tiny steps back, but some steps forward. The few steps back, of course, you're losing Carlos Correa, the Platinum Glove Award winner. He is now a Minnesota twin. You're also losing Lance McCullers Jr., for the first what month, month and a half, you won't have him to the full to an season. End. If we're being honest, this guy you, can never stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. We're not ready to go there, but at least that's the timetable right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't give us many innings this year. But the great thing is that the Astros are covered on the mound. You got a Verlander coming back. Justin Verlander is coming back to the Astros rotation to lead it. Framber Valdez really proved that he's a very good arm in baseball. So did Luis Garcia. You have Christian Javier as the excellent swingman. You have guys like Jose Urquidy as well. And then when Lance McCullers Jr. comes back, that's a formidable rotation but let's talk about the offense because it might be still the best in baseball. You have an emerging MVP in Kyle Tucker. You frankly have an emerging MVP in Jordan Alvarez. If he played a position, that's how oh, good the bat 100%, 100%. is. Oh, 100%. I think he can still thing, win it. That's how good the bat is. Like that's how much we love it. And then you just go down the lineup. There's just so many incredible hitters. Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley. I mean, I could go on. Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, everyone on their team rakes, and they have a great defensive catcher in Maldonado. This you team the, led baseball in, in WRC Plus last year with a 116. This team led baseball in WRC Plus last year. They're going to hit again. They're going to pitch again. And you're going to see them in the ALDS, ALCS, and possibly even the World Series next year because I think the two teams above them in the American League, it's pretty razor thin in my opinion. Like you could flip-flop all these three American League teams any way you want. This is just how we decided to rank them. Yeah, man, I, I still love this team. And, and love them. It's, it's beyond how good they are on the field. It's just that if they do come into a pinch where guys are getting hurt and they need to acquire talent, they always find a way to do it. They always find a way to acquire guys that nobody else appreciates. And then before you know it, they're out of their bullpen throwing gyro cutters or something like Phil Maton. Like they did that last year with Phil Maton and he was amazing in the playoffs. So I always expect them to do stuff like that. Just like the Rays, you always need to appreciate these smart, smart teams. Now that brings us to number four a team that was not number four last year and probably was not even in the top 10, right? They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. And look at us, number four, the Toronto Blue Jays, who, 
you know, everybody's kind of been hyping up this off season for them, but they kind of lost people, right, Peter? Thank you. Right? Thank you. They lost Marcus Semien, a top three MVP finisher. They lost the Cy Young Award winner. Did this team get an A offseason? Probably. They crushed it. We even gave them an A minus because of the losses there. But you add a healthy George Springer. I mean, I'll let you continue with the Blue Jays, but really, they're going to be really good again. But I think there is that little bit there of you did lose some incredible players. I, they are very much warranted to being the number four team. And I'll get into why in a second, but I do always feel like there is that one team every year that everybody hypes up and everybody puts on a pedestal and goes, this is the year for this team. Right. And I think we might be doing a little bit of that with the blue Jays. I still feel comfortable with them at four because they did acquire Matt Chapman, who is for all intents and purposes, the, the, the third best or top three defensive uh, third baseman, but his bat, mm-hmm. you think he's number one? I think he's number one for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you could, you could, Arenado, Cabrian Arenado, Hayes. Cabrian you could literally Hayes. They're, put they're all three of them into a hat and pick one and argue for one. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but Matt Chapman's bat was bad last year. He hit close to 200. The power wasn't there as much as, as it was in previous years, but he's looked super healthy this spring, Peter. Super, super healthy. I think that hip is healthy. We talked about it on earlier episodes in our third base rankings, how this is the year of the hip resurgency. I think we're seeing that with Matt Chapman. I love, 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 love Lourdes Curiel Jr. I think this guy, you know, is a star in the making that you don't know about yet. He can really, really hit. Um, George Springer, like you said, MVP potential. Teoscar Hernandez is like an Eloy Jimenez where he doesn't play the best defense out there, but he hits tanks. The most underrated player in baseball today is Teoscar Hernandez. He's JD Martinez-esque who can play the field and steals you 10 bases. Like he's a 300 hitter who hits 30 bombs and it's a bunch of doubles and drives in a bunch of runs. And the expected stats always love him too. Like he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I think this team gets a lot of flack for their starting rotation, but I actually do like the rotation they put together. Oh, who's is, flack is, for their starting rotation? I've heard people say that it's not as not as deep as it could be, but I think they're they're six seven deep. I actually like Ross Stripling as a guy that can fill holes when need be. Nate Pearson's a guy that can do that too. He'll give you four solid innings there. Alec Manoa, as we talked about, sophomore slump maybe, but I, I think he's super super good. Kikuchi is the guy that I wanted to touch on because. Kikuchi at the beginning of last year came out firing, had a really good first half. His velocity was up second half, his velocity dipped and he was getting shelled. I wonder if this off season he's trained so that he knows that he will not dip at the end of this season. He can pitch a full 200 and feel confident in that, or the blue Jays know, and they'll manage his innings well, because I think Kikuchi when he's throwing 95, 96, like he has this spring has the potential of a three starter in a rotation. Interesting. It's interesting because I've been a little bit more down on Kikuchi than I think you have. Jack was even telling me on the Just Baseball show how he he believes in Kikuchi. He believes that if this velocity is real, that he could be a legit starter. And I'm, I'm more coming around to it because I went back even last night. Um, well, now two nights ago because this podcast is releasing tomorrow. Um, we're recording on Tuesday, by the way. Um, that when I was watching him on video, I was like, okay, like if that's Kikuchi all year, it's a bit yeah. Rodon-esque, right? How Rodon at the end really. of the seasons tends Rodon's to dip in velocity. Rodon's a bit more electric. 
He's a bit more yes. electric, though. Yes, yes. Esque, esque. Yes, esque. Agreed. Uh, I think the only holes you can poke in the Blue Jays, because the offense is elite and the pitching is very, very good, is the bullpen. Jordan Romano, no question marks there. He freaking pitches like a beast. He's going to close games for them. Yimi Garcia, 4-2-1 ERA last year. He's just not – he's fine. He's fine. Tim Meza, Decent. Adam Simberg, decent. Trevor Richards, decent. Julian Merriweather, when he's on, can be ph- phenomenal. Then they have guys like Trent Thornton and, and David Phelps. The bullpen is the weakness, but it's not a it's not a weakness, if that makes sense. It's the weakness for the Blue Jays, but if you look at the rest of the league, it's a middle-of-the-pack bullpen, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so many teams are just struggling to find bullpen help. This is a team that will be buying a reliever at the deadline, no doubt. Exactly. And the Blue Jays are going to be phenomenal this year, but the only team in the American League that's better is the Tampa Bay Rays. They have an 89 and a half win projection. Fangraphs, Zips, Pakoda, you name it, they're all down in them. 86 wins, maybe. No, 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 no. This team won 100 games last year. I know they lost Tyler Glass now, but it doesn't even matter with this team, people. They have a litany, a litany of young, great starting pitchers to start the year. Plus, you go to the farm system, they win every championship. Triple A, they win. Double A, they win. High A, they win. Single A, they win. Rookie ball, they win. I, I think they won four T-ball. out of five. T-ball, they're winning. T-ball, man. they win. Their kids' kids are already winning in the womb. That's what this team can do. So you see at the top of the rotation, you're like, oh, there's not a lot of the best guys. But then they have more guys in the pipeline ready to strike. You look at the bullpen. Don't have to talk about it because it's freaking elite and it's always elite. Then you go to the lineup. You have a full year of Wander Franco who will establish himself as, I believe, a top five shortstop in the game. You go from one to nine. There's no rest. There's not a lot of guys who jump out at you and you're like, whoa, I'm afraid of this guy. But there is no there is no day off in the lineup either. Even like a Kevin Kiermaier hitting ninth, he finds ways to get on base. He finds ways to cause havoc on the base pass. There is no rest when you face the Rays, combine that with the top five manager, maybe the second best manager in the entire American League next to Alex Cora. And you have one of the best GMs as well, who's wheeling and dealing. He offered Wander Franco the extension. Wander Franco, of course, signed. So you know that they have money because they were even in on Correa. They were in on Freddie Freeman. So now that they have the money to spend during the trade deadline, this team is scary, people. They got better last night. They traded Austin Meadows. And you might yep. say, what the heck? Like Austin Meadows is a very, very good baseball player. And they didn't get much for him. But Isaac Paredes can be a good bench bat, which I think actually helps them. But they got better, man. Josh Lowe needs to be playing in the big leagues. This is a guy that hit 291 with 22 bombs and 26 stolen bases in AAA last year. And he's going to come up and do the same thing at the big league level. Arm said it that he he likes him now to, to win the rookie of the year, which like, I don't see why not. I don't see why Josh Lowe, if he's playing almost every day, can't be right in that mix to win the rookie of the year. Cause he's going to be impact on defense. He's going to be impact on the, at the plate. This team just got better by trading Austin. Meadows. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And you're not crazy for saying that either. And that's what I'm talking about with the Rays. They just traded their four hitter in the lineup or their five hitter in the lineup. And they are now a better team. That's what the Rays do. If they trade a big league guy, it's because they have a top 50 prospect just 
waiting, just waiting. Like even their middle infield depth, they have Water Franco. They also have Taylor Walls, who plays gold glove level defense. They have Vidal Brujan coming up, who over a full season could lead the league in steals. And they also at catcher, they have Mike Zunino, who hits a bunch of bombs, but they have, I think, a future top 10 catcher in Francisco Mejia. That's how good he is. Another guy who's 26 years old and has always been a prospect. And they have Corey Kluber, they have Ryan Yarborough, if any of their guys were to go down, and their bullpen is just so incredibly phenomenal. And they're going to get back Nick Anderson. And I don't know if Pete Fairbanks, if he's going to be a big force in their bullpen this year. He has a strained lat right now, um, but I think he will be. I'm not exactly sure on that one. So yeah, I'm really not that sure. I don't know how strained lats work with pitchers, but I know that Pete Fairbanks is one of my least favorite pitchers in baseball as a Yankee fan because he comes in and shoves it up our asses every day. So strain lat is close to like what DeGrom's dealing with is a little higher yeah, up. Scapula. Yeah. And then lat is right. No, I know here. where I know where the I know lat it's, is. it's a brutal <laughs> injury for pitchers though, because that thing will that thing will just be inflamed all year for him, even if I've he never, can pitch through it. I've never dealt with a strain lat. Like even when we play baseball, never had that before. So never understood how much it could take you out of a ball game. So that moves us into number two. And Peter, I want to start this off by saying this is the world champs, the reigning world champs. They're going to be wearing gold letters on their jerseys on opening day. Do you want to know where MLB.com, MLB Twitter, put the Atlanta Braves on their power rankings list? Just guess. I don't know if you saw it. Just guess. I, did, I didn't see it. I'm going to say they put them six. That would be – you were probably like six. That's pretty low. They put them at eight. They put them at eight Oh, my here. God. What are we doing, people? What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, this team, you know, if you can say that the, that there's question marks about Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back, but guess what? This team won the World Series without Ronald Acuna Jr. in their lineup, and he's going to come back in May, and will he be as good as a fully healthy Ronald Acuna Jr., a fully rehabbed Ronald Acuna Jr.? Maybe not but I think it'll be 80 to 90% of it. And this team all around the board is amazing. Austin Riley is an amazing hitter. Dansby Swanson is a super, super solid guy who hit 25, close to 30 home runs last year. Ozzy Albies, you know, amazing across the board. This team doesn't have many holes and they got Matt Olson. You would say Freddie Freeman's off to LA, right? Matt Olson, you know, at the plate is pretty much as good as Freddie Freeman, which is kind of crazy to say, but I don't think it's crazy to say. Pitching staff-wise, right, they're going to have to get valuable, valuable innings from the back half of this rotation, but it's super, super deep, right? This is seven deep. You have Max Freed, who's going to put up a scion season, I think. Charlie Morton always provides value. Ian Anderson, Wasri Noah, Mike Soroka are the question marks here, right? Because you Ian, think Anderson, Ian Anderson's a question mark? I think he's a question mark in that can he, can he show that he is that fringe number two high-end three or is he just kind of a high floor number three number four guy in this rotation because I don't Mm. know if I'm sold on him being that high-end like low-end number two yet I'm pretty sold on him being the high-end number two or not high-end number two 
but a really, really good pitcher and a high end three and a low end two for sure. We saw what he did in the playoffs. We saw how he's performed in the regular season so far. I think another year of development. Also, he's around all of these really smart guys and Morton and, and Freed as well. And you talked about Huascar, you know, they also have Tucker Davidson, who's a really good lefty. I want to talk about the night shift because it is turned to the nightmare. And I don't mean to be cliche, but it really is a nightmare. Kenley Jansen was phenomenal last year. Will Smith was already a great closer last year. So they have two lockdown closers. You have Colin McHugh, who had an ERA under two last year, closer to one. Tyler Matzik was not only great in the playoffs, he was great in the regular season. A.J. Minter is another great lefty. They even have guys like Darren O'Day, like who are just always just solid arms. And they have a very interesting arm in Spencer Strider as well at the back end of their rotation. Luke Jackson going down with, um, what do you, yeah, Tommy John, right? I think Luke Jackson tore his UCL. Um, I know he's out for the season. I just wasn't sure exactly if it was a forearm thing, if it was an elbow thing, but he'll, he'll be out for the season. But then you have a guy like Kirby Yates coming back, who in 2019 was absolutely unhittable. The bullpen is the best in baseball, in my opinion. And the offense is top five in baseball. And the rotation is arguably top five in baseball. There is no way you can tell me that this team, coached by Snicker, GM'd by Anthopolis, is any shred even below two. If I see them at three, I'm pissed off. They are no doubt the second best team. Yeah, the bullpen's the best in baseball, no doubt. I think the rotation is really the only question mark of of how high end it can be, but I think it has a super good floor because it's super, super deep. And don't sleep on this team being able to go get guys at the deadline either. Nope. They are elite of the elite. So... The number one team in baseball, you know it, I know it, we all know it. And Dodger fans, you're going to be really happy. The rest of the league is not because what the Dodgers have done is created an absolute super team. That's really what they did. They were a super team last year and they're a super team again. Let me read you the lineup, people. Mookie Betts leading off. Freddie Freeman hitting second, playing first base. Trey Turner hitting third. Max Muncy hitting fourth, Justin Turner hitting fifth, Will Smith hitting sixth, Chris Taylor hitting seventh, Cody Bellinger hitting eighth, and Gavin Lux hitting ninth. Currently, you have an MVP hitting eighth. You have one of the best Swiss Army knives in baseball hitting seventh. You have the best catcher in baseball in Will Smith hitting sixth. You have a top 10 third baseman in Justin Turner. You have a top three second baseman in Max Muncy. You have the best first baseman in baseball, in my opinion, in Freddie Freeman. You could call him top three. I don't care. He's elite still. And you have one of the best right fielders in baseball, one of the top 10 overall players in baseball in Mookie Betts. This lineup, when you compare it to the 1927 Yankees, there's not a lot of difference. They're actually projected the same WRC plus as each other. You move on to the rotation and you have two top 10 pitchers. Walker Bueller arguably is a top five pitcher. And then you have Julio Arias. So then you have Clayton Kershaw, who has looked great this spring and is one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time. They should manage his innings well. That's all I'll say. They're going to manage his innings well. And they will. And you know they will. And the great thing about the Dodgers, too, we could talk all about the roster, but they have great prospects. They have one of the best farm systems. I know that's just terrible to hear if you're not a Dodgers fan, and it's amazing to hear if you are. You have reinforcements coming on the way, and a Ryan Pepio possibly as a pitcher. Miguel Vargas has taken just so many steps up that he could possibly play some third base now for the Dodgers. And Miguel Vargas, when he's on, 
he his swing looks like a rod like that's what jack described his swing as he's an elite prospect then the bullpen was somewhat of a question mark not really but and now it's absolutely not a question mark they have craig kimbrell and blake trinan it's hard to find a better back end than those two guys then they add a quality veteran reliever in daniel hudson who's been a part of a world series run you have alex vesey who's a great lefty and you have a bruce dark Gratterall who has no effort 102 turbo sinkers and then you have Justin Brule, Victor Gonzalez. This team is so, so loaded and should be the number one team in all of baseball. Andrew, so last night, instead of watching the national championship for the first half, I decided to turn on Dodgers Angels because that's what I care about more than the national championship at this point. Thanks. Andrew Friedman was on for a full two innings in the booth, which was awesome to see. I mean, I, I haven't heard him speak much. This guy is awesome and like down to earth super candid, willing to give super long responses. And he was talking about the Craig Kimbrell trade. And he was saying, you know, we didn't necessarily want to give up Pollock, but we felt that right now to acquire a reliever right now was more valuable for this team. But also at the trade deadline in July, if we do need a bat, they felt that it will be easier to acquire a bat than it will be to acquire a high-end reliever for the price. So this team is not done acquiring people. I could see them go out and acquire Frankie Montas. You know, they they might go out and acquire a high-end bat midseason like they've done with Manny Machado, with Trey Turner, with seemingly every year they acquire a high-end bat. Um, Peter, though, are we sure this team's not going to come in last place? They're 4-9 and nine right now in spring training, worse than the Cactus League. That I don't know, man. I don't know. It's hard to go against that logic. Spring training records are a great predictor of success. Who's who do you know who's number one right now in spring training? The Angels and then the Cubs. And there then in the right. AL, it's St. Louis. Well, AL, St. Louis, grapefruit. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, grapefruit. Yes, yeah, it's they're all mixed in. So I think this is a great segue. We were just talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's talk World Series favorites we're, again we're going to give you our best pick our value pick on and just to be clear at least for me colby i don't know how you bet but this is how i'm betting them i put 0.5 units on my favorite i put 0.1 unit on my value pick and then we're both going to give you a team to stay away from and before we even started this podcast we started pre-record and i said hey what are your best bets and value bets we can just compare so we're not blindsided on the episode and what did we both say, Colby? Our favorite is the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 500. And so there's a lot of lines that you could find these World Series favorites at. The best line currently is on BetMGM and PointsBet. You'll find 475 on DraftKings, plus 480 on FanDuel. So this plus 500 line is currently available on BetMGM and PointsBet. And this value is still great enough for me to bet it. You even asked... Um, Dave Roberts was on an interview. Uh, I think it was on MLB Network. I'm not exactly sure where the interview was, but I know what he said, that he said if they stay healthy, they should win the World Series championship and that they're preparing for that type of season. The playoffs are random. It's tough to gauge, but there is no question here that the Dodgers have been the best team over the last five years. They are the clear favorites right now to win it. I love the Braves again to repeat. I don't think that's a bad bet at all, but then again, repeat champions. There's just not a lot of precedent there. Stuff happens. It's really hard to win one, two in a row. Still love the Braves still think they're the second best team, but the Dodgers are the team to win the world series this year. They just 
are simply the best team in baseball. The thing about the Dodgers, man, is they could have three, four guys slumping, and it Doesn't won't matter. matter because there'll be another five guys that are hitting. The they won 106 games with the 2018 MVP in Cody Bellinger. 2019 MVP. Yeah, yeah. 2019 MVP hit 165 and they still won 106 games. That's the team that we're dealing with. And we're also dealing with the team that this roster, no way this is the roster come October. They added Trey Turner and Max Scherzer at the deadline. They will do anything to win. They have the money. They have the prospects. They have the talent on the field. They have the manager. They have everything. Plus 500 is my only safe bet here. Yeah, I think I think just from a betting value perspective, plus five hundred. The Yankees, for for you know context, are plus nine hundred. The Blue Jays are plus eight fifty. I think the Dodgers have twice as good of a shot to win the World Series as the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Agreed. Super super comfortable taking them at plus five hundred. That gets us into our value pick, and at this point, we just gushed about them for another five minutes. You know, literally ten minutes ago. So I'm not gonna go too far into it, but. They're our number three team in baseball, and they're, what is it, Peter, number nine odds to win it all? It's the Rays at plus 1,700. Rays at plus 1,700. So on um, on BetMGM, you're going to get them at plus 1,400. On Caesars, plus 15. On FanDuel, you're going to find them at plus 1,600. The bet to make is on DraftKings at plus 1,700. And oh my God, what a value. They are not the ninth best team. But it, it should be noted that the Rays have not had a ton of playoff experience so far. They've been bounced. Or playoff luck. Yeah, yeah playoff luck so far. But they just haven't had, like, this isn't a team who's, you know, consistently been back to the World Series. I know they made it in 2020, but that was a COVID-shortened year. Then again, the Dodgers won it in 2020, and that was a COVID-shortened year. So if you're going to ding the Rays, you, we got to ding the Dodgers as well. But this isn't a team that is routinely, like the Astros, like always in the ALCS, always, but... For their value, considering how still as much of a good team that they are, this could be the year that they end up winning it, considering the American League, at, at least at the teams at the top, like the Astros aren't quite as good. The Blue Jays are better, but I don't think they've still overtaken the Rays. The White Sox, I feel, are not as great as a lot of people say, and the Yankees and Red Sox are going to be dueling it out. So the Rays, to me, especially at the ninth best odds, plus 1,700, that's my best value play, and that's yours as well. Yeah, I think I think what I'm going to talk about here is is that winning the World Series is a very different conversation than being the best team in the league, right? The Blue Jays and the Yankees might finish with a better record than the Rays in the regular season, and it won't matter because there is something to be said about building a team for to win a World Series. Like the Brewers, like we said, right? They're pitching dominant, and you need to have an insane lineup to go and win a World Series. The Braves proved that you need to have an insanely deep pitching staff to go and win a World Series because games will go into extra innings. You know, crazy things like that happen. And when Luis Patino is a guy that you're slotting in as your seven starter, you can move around and do a lot of creative things with your pitching staff. And that's what I love from the race. They have so much flexibility with how they can deploy guys. And that bodes super, super well for a playoff run. Absolutely. So we think it's going to be Dodgers versus Rays. That would be the a World hell series. of a series. That would be oh, a hell yeah. of a series. I hope for the for the sake of this baseball season, after going through the BS of a lockout, we get gifted that because it would it would be beautiful. Dodgers Astros would be pretty sick too. I mean, Dodgers any combination of Braves and Dodgers, and then you combine them with the four teams in the AL East and the White Sox and the Astros. 
even the angels, like they're, to me, there are so many combinations that I would be incredibly excited for. So many combinations. Plus 3,500 on the angels looks juicy to me, but then again, I don't think they have the pitching depth. I mean, it's the, I do believe this is the angels year, but I don't believe that they'll win a world series. I, but and so we're talking a bunch about the American League. We're talking a bunch about matchups and a matchup that I don't think is going to happen. And I think you should stay away from this team is the Chicago White Sox because the Chicago White Sox currently have the sixth best odds to win the World Series. And the Chicago White Sox are sixth in our power rankings. The Chicago White Sox, as currently constructed, I don't think have enough to win the World Series. I think they won't be better than the Astros when it's all said and done. I think they're going to compete with the Yankees, and I think the Blue Jays and the Rays are going to be better than them as well. And when you have the six best odds, I just don't think that they really have a shot. I think the bullpen is not as good as advertised now that Kimbrel's gone and Crochet's gone. I think the rotation is going to struggle a little bit. And I, th- I love the offense. The offense has no holes in it. But I just think that there are more areas to poke in the White Sox than there are a couple of other teams. And when the odds are that high, I just I think the White Sox are my stay away. My stay away is another team in the plus 1100. It's the New York Mets. For my money, I'd much rather take the Houston Astros who have to me, an easier road to get to the World Series. They don't have to go through the Dodgers. And I think they're an overall deeper team. I really just worry about this Mets team come playoff time. I don't think they're going to – I just – Jacob deGrom, is he going to be healthy in the playoffs? Is Max Scherzer going to be able to withstand another deep playoff run that he he just withstood, but at the end of that, he was starting to wear down a little bit. So the lineup, you know, I'm sold on the lineup for the Mets. I just – I just don't know if this rotation could keep it together for a full season. I'm not saying the Mets can't win the World Series, but I'm saying at this current value at plus 1100, I like, you know, the Astros or the Braves over them to win the World Series. The great thing is we're going to see it all unfold on April 7th. Opening day is just a day away. Get your Not Gambling Advice merch in the episode link description for all the people on YouTube. I'm rocking my Not Gambling Advice shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, Hit a hit a hit, yeah. give us a like, give us a comment. Um, subscribe if you're new as well. And if you're listening on audio, um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a five star review, we would genuinely appreciate it. Let's let us know what you're liking about the show. And I'm just so excited to see these bets unfold, Colby. And bef- on opening day, we will have all of our bets, a podcast recorded for you, posted at midnight. So you got it if you're going in early to work. You have the bets before the day. You'll find those bets on justbaseball.com. And you'll find those be- uh, more prop bets in our chalkboard, which, again, you can find in the episode link description. Of course, on TikTok, you're going to see me making a fool of myself, making three bets a day, doing the video. Colby, anything else before we go? Let's not forget that Peter has a Dodgers bet out there. He's going to bleach his hair if they lose less than 98 games. I'm bleaching this, people. in a leather jacket, man. I'm ready for the big, the one I'm most excited for, leather jacket day, which I hope is opening day. That would be awesome. Oh, opening day is going to be I'm excited for that to be back. Coffee Monday. Well, it's going to be coffee and leather jacket opening day. It's going to be the entire, it's going to be the whole mix because we get to start on the right foot. Beautiful. Excited to see you, brother. 
And with that, thank you, everybody.